Good morning, afternoon, and evening, and welcome to the 8311 Cast, your premier Midwestern-based sports podcast, bringing you all things sports to your beautiful ears. Join your hosts, Mike Ludwig, Ariane Barry, and Wyatt Teeter as we talk about the MLB, and then jump right into our signature segments, Things Football Players Shouldn't Do, Mike Stupid Rules, and Write That Down Predictions, here on episode 232. I had the privilege of taking a tour of Wrigley Field a couple of weeks ago. And during that tour, the, the guide actually reminded me of, of a fun fact that I forgot about. And I'm going to ask you to this, this question to see if you also know it. But there is one MLB stadium left that has seating within the batter's eye, the, the section behind the pitcher where the batter would look behind. Most stadiums have removed seating here to, to prevent distractions, right? There's one stadium left that does allow seating there during night games only. Do you know what stadium that is? Only during night games. Would the seating be different during night games? So it's not that it's different. I'll, I'll tell you, they, they do put a tarp or something over those seats to, to provide the batter's eye during day games. During night games, I, I think they actually give t-shirts out maybe. Uh, I don't recall off the top of my head, but I do know that there is seating and that is the only stadium that I'm aware of that has seating where the batter's eye is. I have no idea. I'm going to guess Oakland. It is not. This place is also the oldest existing stadium as well that's still in use. One's got to be Fenway. It is Fenway. Absolutely. They a Section 35 directly behind the pitcher uh, during day games is covered up with a tarp. And then during night games, they will actually sell tickets and allow you to sit there. The only place in the majors where you can actually sit within the batter's eye. Is there a reason that they change it between day and night? We That should actually be a Mike Stupid rule thing, I think, because I'm pretty sure that's an MLB rule where you have to have the batter's eye clear and not distracting. So what they do, like I said, they, they throw a tarp over those seats to provide like one clear backdrop. Otherwise, you could like have fans back there wearing white shirts, right? And try to distinguish the white ball from the white shirts during the pitch. Feels like I'd be able to be more distracting at night if I had like a flashlight or something flashing around on my phone. I don't well, know. That's against the rules too. Yep. That's fair. They'll kick you they'll kick you out pretty quick for that if you do it in the batter's eye. If you're doing it on purpose. Like I've seen times where like someone accidentally gets their phone on and we get a five minute delay because <laughs> the batter points it out and then the umpire sees it and the us talk to the manager and the manager has talked to the head of the ground crew. Grounds crew has to talk to security and security has to talk to an usher and an usher has to go get the fan. It takes forever. The whole time that fan is just sitting in their seat dying, hoping no one noticed that it was them. They're like, oh, please. Please don't well, notice. Like, like, no, it's like somebody who has like their phone, like they're holding up and the flashlight happens to be on, like they're looking yeah. at their phone and or that's in like their front pocket with just the flashlight out or something. Mm. Yeah, I've, I've seen that before it's it it just took forever <laughs> like how long does it take him to just turn off his flashlight they should have just got the pa announcer and then like cut out the middleman like fan and seat 193 turn it off <laughs> yeah but anyway sorry it's probably totally under what you're talking about why you can continue no that was it that was the fun fact Fenway park is the only place that allows you to sit within the batter's eye well, sit in a seat. I guess there's a couple of fields like like Wrigley, for example, does have a suite in the batter's eye, but it's, you know, it's glass and covered and everything. But right. like that's the only place that has like actual outside seating. 
Interesting. Thank you for sharing that wisdom. Sticking with MLB, I guess. Um, unless you got anything else to add to that fun fact, Ariane? I do not. The trade well, then the trade deadline is coming fast. The trade deadline for this year will be um I believe the deadline is 3 p.m. Eastern time on August 1st, something like that. I know it's August 1st. Um, I'm missing the exact time here. but So it's August 1st is coming up for the trade deadline. So that is next Tuesday um, will, be the, uh, will be the trade deadline. So uh, we'll have a lot more trades to talk about um, come that time next week. But the tr- the deals have started mostly just for the Braves. The only deals that have happened recently are both the Braves trading for pitchers. Um, at least the two that I could find. They uh, traded for a reliever uh, Pierce Johnson from Colorado and sent two minor league pitchers to Colorado. And then they traded for pitcher Taylor Hearn from Texas and gave Texas cash. So... Those are the only two trades. We have had no blockbusters left or yet. There are a lot of big names that certainly could move, move um, Tani before. Uh, the Angels are saying they are listening to offers but aren't uh, committed to trading him. Other big names that could be on the move, Paul Goldschmidt um, could be on the move from Arizona. Um, Chicago is going to be looking else you could what did I not say? Arizona. Was he? He was in Arizona at one point, right? I'm not yes, crazy. Yes, he was. Okay, he's. You're right. He's in St. Louis now, though. For the time being, yeah. Chicago is going to be looking to. You could see some of their pitches move. Uh, Lance Lynn, Lucas Giolito, um, could be on the move. Two pitchers who definitely not had good years, but have good track record recently. Um, and I'm sure they'll be some other big names on the move as well but uh it's why we like the trade deadline is because there are a lot of rumors but you just never know until uh until the time comes around so we will keep a present and um let, let you know what has happened why are the cubs gonna buy or sell here at the deadline what do you think i don't know if you would have asked me a couple of months ago i would have said probably sell maybe this team has been very much an enigma to me this entire year. I don't know. I would I would have flipped the John Adams gold coin it before. Like, I, I don't know what they're going to do. I'm going to say yeah, buy. They, I think they buy. They've got got the best run differential in the AI, or in the in the NL Central. Um, they're the only they, ones with a positive the, run differential. I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, that implies that they're better than their record indicates. Um, Fangraphs is still not uh, a huge fan of them. Fangraphs gives them only a 13% chance to make the playoffs um, as of right now, which is not great. But, um, you know, who knows, right? We'll see if it could depend on if they buy or sell. Who would they sell? Who, who, are, who would they sell if they do sell? I mean, do they anybody on expiring contracts? Cody Bellinger, maybe. Okay. Other than that, I mean, you can see that. I don't know. That that that's probably the biggest one that I can think of off the top of my head. 
Wow, I didn't realize how small Marcus Stroman is. Mm-hmm. He's tiny. He's five foot seven. He's a very short guy. I always think about pitchers being giant dudes. And we all know that Arian, who might they trade besides Gushman? You know, you hope they sell. There's all this posturing that, well, we don't know if we're going to sell. We're going to see what, what, the, what it brings us, this, that, and the other, because the Cardinals just aren't used to not winning. I think the last time they had a losing record was 2007. So it's been a little while. Um, but I think you would definitely see uh, Arenado and Goldschmidt being out there for going to get potentially another infielder, depending. Obviously, we have a guy who I'm blanking on the name of who came up at the beginning of this year and went back down to the minors, but uh, Jordan Walker. He can play outfield and infield a little bit, but I think you would see Goldschmidt, Arenado, and then depending on what they could get back, you could maybe see DeYoung or Gorman, but less likely because they're a little bit younger, at least in Gorman's case. DeYoung's 29. And then we have a bunch of pitchers, and all of them are kind of bad this year, so I don't know what they do with that, if they look to trade some of them or not. But I think, yeah, your, your biggest one are those two big names that we traded for not that long ago, it feels like. And they may be on their way out the door and they'll be trying to reset, get some new, fresh arms potentially, and try and do something the Cardinals haven't done in a long time and kind of rebuild. I'd be kind of surprised if they trade Aronado just because um, he's still he's under contract in 2027. Uh, yeah. Um, so a lot of, uh, a lot of time left there and he's got a full no trade clause, so we'd have to agree to go anywhere, uh, anywhere they'd trade him. So does Goldschmidt for that matter, have a no trade clause. Um, but he's more likely to waive it with less years left on his deal. Um, but yeah, it could be interesting. They could get, they could get some good picks for either of those two if they decided to move them. So we'll have to see there. And the twins, again, two weeks ago, if you would have asked, Ask me, I don't know what they're going to do, but with the way they've been playing post the All-Star break, I think they're going to buy. They're probably looking for a relief pitcher and maybe a right-handed bat, maybe a right-handed outfielder specifically. Um, so we'll see if they uh, pick up a bat or a pitcher or both or neither. So, But I don't expect any big move. I don't expect a, a uh, splashy move, just more ads at the margin, I would guess, for the Twins. Any other thoughts on deadline? Do we? What? What is your guys' opinion at this point? Do you think Otani gets moved, or do you think they keep him for the rest of this year? I've said since the start of the season that I think uh, that I think Otani will get traded, and I think that the Angels are still falling further out of contention. I agree. I think you got to trade him and try and get a little bit back. Well, hopefully more than a little bit. But I have your prediction. I will, I'll, I'll just say yes. Sure. I could absolutely see it happen. So we all think yes. Which means that they will not probably. Yeah, you're right. Probably just normally wrong about things. Also, why expect the Angels to do the thing that makes sense the most necessarily? Hasn't always been the case. That is true. But who knows? The trade deadline's a weird time. There'll be multiple be surprised about. 
or moves that don't happen that I'll be surprised about. So we'll see. We will keep that in mind. So we'll fill you in again on all these trades or most of these on next week's episode. The trade won't have passed by the time we record. Um, but we'll fill you in on some of these. Um, but moving on, before we move on to our signature segments, I think uh, do we need to add to a list of things football players share. Do you guys think so? Yeah. I do believe that we need to add something to our list of things football players shouldn't do. Now, you all are probably listening to this, and you're going to be like, oh, yeah, you're going to talk about Jordan Addison um, getting pulled over for going 100, uh, 140, like, uh, something like 140 miles an hour in a 55 zone. And we would, except number nine on a list of things football players shouldn't do is – don't drive over 100 miles an hour in your car. So this is already on the list. So obviously he needs to uh, take a look at number 13, which is not listening to a list of things football players shouldn't do. So he's twice. Twice now he's screwed up and done things on the list of things football players shouldn't do. So that's ba- has anyone done two things in one incident in one incident before? Well, uh-huh. technically, if, if they've broken one, they've broken number 13 as well. That's true. Presumably, unless they broke that before he wrote number 13, I suppose. That, that is possible. True. So I guess it probably has happened. And to Jordan's credit, he said he had a dog emergency. So I think that is legal defense there. If you're going almost 100 miles over the speed limit, just say you had a quote unquote dog emergency. And I guess you're good. All freaking clear. I'll keep that in mind next time. Not that I ever drive that yeah. fast, but, you know. Doesn't work if you're going 10 over. You got to go 90 over. Gotcha. Otherwise, it's not enough of an emergency. Exactly, yeah. Gotcha. That that makes sense. Verifying that. Um, but we will talk about somebody else. We are going to talk about um, former Colts running back. Is he still there or is he somewhere else now? He is in Buffalo, I believe. Buffalo running back Naheem Hines. Ryan, do you have that pulled up? Uh, I can get it pulled up. Uh, the long and short of it here is that he was on vacation or something, and he was—he is now expected to miss the entire season. He had to have surgery on his knee. You might think that maybe something in training camp happened. He got injured. Uh, that is incorrect. He was run into by a jet ski, <laughs> which is not funny. That seems very dangerous. He does not have any life-threatening injuries. He was on a jet ski, stationary, not moving, and another jet ski struck him. So, very odd situation that I don't know that I have heard about uh, before. But I don't know if we want to say things football players shouldn't do is just just be on a jet ski at all or get run into by a jet ski. He didn't do anything, really. He was just sitting on the jet ski. Jet skis are generally safe. I don't think we should put don't use a jet ski. That seems too harsh. You need very little like documentation to operate a jet ski, which is kind of weird to think about. I don't think you need any. You need like a license, I think, still, don't you? Do you? In Minnesota, you in Minnesota, if you have a driver's license, you can do much any watercraft. So that would include I thought it was just ski. a driver's license is what you need, but what state was he in when he got hit? It doesn't say. It says there's no information where he was. At least last I looked at the story. I mean hmm. so I'm just so confused about how his only injury is a knee injury, but anyway. I feel like you'd have a lot more than a knee injury if you got hit by a jet ski, but maybe that's just the one that's keeping him out. I yeah, don't I don't know if he just 
somebody literally just like broadsided him and just rammed to the side of his jet ski and his leg was in the way. I'm not sure. There's not a ton of information out other than Neheim Hines was in a jet ski accident, which is uh, definitely, I don't know, individual. Strange. And there are, we've seen these contracts before, right? In the past where they say you can't do X, Y, or Z. I believe the Chiefs famously made it so that Patrick Mahomes could not play basketball in the offseason. Or is it Marcus Mariota had a no surfing clause in his contract? He couldn't go surfing? Or uh, when the Cardinals tried to have Kyler Murray forcibly study and not play video games? Somewhat similar, but a little bit different. Hopefully he wouldn't injure himself playing video games. True. Like, maybe, you know, you just put that in a contract. Maybe don't try to do any water sports or anything where you aren't, like, fully enclosed. Like, a boat feels a little safer than a jet ski, but maybe it isn't. I don't know. I can think of at least one fatal accident in recent that sports history fair. where a boat was involved. There were some other things involved in that. There, there were. That's true. True. Why don't we just say don't get hit by a watercraft? Like, that, just don't get hit right. by one. That is always a great rule, actually. That's Regardless fair. of your status as a yeah. football player, don't, don't get hit by a watercraft is always a good life lesson. So we'll write that down like as number 41 on our list of things football players shouldn't do. Let's just recap a couple one, a couple real quick. Let's go like 25 to 30 or uh, 25 through 29. Does that work? Let's we'll, uh, we'll, we'll just list those off just to refresh your memory. So number 25, don't get your $30 million contract voided at Antonio Brown. Number 26, don't charge someone without your helmet on. Number 27, don't use a weapon on the football field. Number 28, don't use someone's head as a soccer ball on the football field. And number 29, don't punch your pregnant girlfriend. Also, don't punch your girlfriend even if she's not pregnant. That's also bad. Uh, And then, of course, number 41, uh, the most recent add to our list of things football players shouldn't do. Don't get hit by a watercraft. I want want to talk about number 20 why did we specify on a football field there is it a good idea to use someone's head as a soccer ball on a place <laughs> other than a football field if it's a soccer field that's okay i still don't think you're supposed to use someone's head as the soccer ball though. i mean to be fair you could look at what i just commented on in number 29 why did we specify you can't punch your pregnant girlfriend or fair. are you allowed to punch your pregnant girlfriend if you're not a football player <laughs> these are just good things for football players to know will uh, do them harm in their career for real, though, we did specify these because that is probably the best way to call out a specific incident, I suppose, to jog our memory. Fair enough. Yeah. These. And most of those were just the Miles Garrett incident, right? <laughs> yeah, number 26 to 28 are. <laughs> yeah. All the Miles Garrett, you know, helmet swing. Those was actually Miles Garrett. Like, three different players are on the list for that incident. I'm just saying. True. Fair. Well, thank you for adding that to our list, Wyatt. And hopefully that's the last thing we're going to add this offseason because uh, training camps are starting this week for most teams. So we're, uh, we're pretty close to football season. So that's good to, good to hear, good to know. We'll move, with that, um, we will move right along to our signature segments, with, uh, starting with our Mike's Stupid Rules segment. And we are going to start off that segment by um, talking more about blocking the plate. So we've talked about this on numerous different occasions. The rule we're looking at is 6.01I2. 
in this case. And um, we've talked about, you know, if the catcher doesn't have the ball, they can't block the plate because we want to avoid collisions and injuries to catchers and runners, um, for that matter, for collisions. Now, the thing I didn't know is there are, are some exemptions to this rule. And now one of these I did know, um, for example, you can block the plate um, in reaction to the direction trajectory or hop of an incoming throw, right? We, we all knew that one, right? You, you got to catch the ball. And if you happen to get in the way of the runner while catching the ball, you're good, right? That one makes sense. The exception I didn't know follows that is or in reaction to a throw that originates from a pitcher or drawn in infield. So basically, if the infield is in and you're fielding a throw from one of them, essentially you can't be charged for blocking the flight is essentially what that says. So I didn't realize that was an exception to the rule. So you are allowed to block the plate when receiving a throw from the drawn-in infield, essentially, is what that says. Which I didn't know. Did you guys know that? I did not. I didn't either. So that, 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 that was pretty much it. It came up in a game a couple of weeks ago, probably about two and a half weeks ago. Um, and I've, been, I've had it on my list ever since, and I wanted to talk about it. So the infield in is your... Uh, is your uh, loophole here? Granted, you know the D, the offense actually also has to hit the ball into the infield, um, et cetera, et cetera, to do that. But uh, you know, it is what it is. There you go. Thoughts? Any other questions, comments, concerns? No, I think that's no. pretty straightforward. Yeah. Yeah. Good to know. Like I said, I had I had no idea. Awesome. I am glad I could help educate you on that rule. Should we move to our uh, write the down predictions? Let's do it. And as we do all the time when we start our write the down predictions, we will start it with our accountability session. Um, and the only thing coming off the board is one prediction for me. I predicted that my softball team would be above 500 this year. We started the year off six and two, and we're in a very, very good position. And then we finished the year. Uh, two and ten, so we ended up uh, eight and twelve overall on the year, which is not above five hundred. So I get a nah, nah. That was it. We were so close. We were six and two, and we had a very, very good, good chance finishing above five hundred. And then we had to go and be bad for the last half of the year, and it was not great. But anyway. I digress. You guys probably volunteer to listen to me talk about my slow pitch softball team. <laughs> uh, Ann, you want to get us started? Yeah, I can do that. So, while looking at sports in general, I didn't have anything that struck to mind. But as you said, we are kind of close to football. So, I went ahead and jumped to the NFL for my predictions. I don't know. Might be one of the first NFL predictions we have this season. Uh, but I'm going to predict that Patrick Mahomes will lead the league in passing yards this year. That is total, not per game. Um, did he do it last year? No idea, but he did win the uh, MVP, so I assume he was probably pretty good. Um, 20, like 22, he- Pat Mahomes yeah. did. 21 was Tom Brady. 2020 was Deshaun Watson. And then Jameis Winston in 19. I thought he did it more often than that. Apparently, I didn't. I did too. Feels like he's always up there, though. 
Well, he won it last year with 5,250 yards, by the way. Yeah, it was not close last year. No. 500 plus yards. He was second in 2018, second in 2020, fourth in 2021, and then obviously first last year. I don't know. Double? Uh, sure. Is that seems reasonable, Ian? Yeah, I think that seems fair. All right, double it is. What do you got, Mike? I am buying into the uh, Cousins hype post uh, Netflix's quarterback documentary. I'm going to say Kirk Cousins is top five fantasy QB this year. Are we talking per top game or total or top points? Ten. Top ten. Did I say top five? I meant to say top ten. Yeah, I believe it's the top five. Yeah, top ten. Top okay. ten. And this will be by whatever rule format we use in our league, um, just okay. for, for clarification. Probably a single. Which will be somewhat standard. I don't know exactly what it will Yeah, be. it won't be anything crazy. Minus 1,000 points for one-point safety. Well, yeah. Not that that would like affect the quarterback standard, ranking, but... Standard rules. Yeah. You guys just standard don't know rules. it, but that's always in fantasy football rankings. Check the scoring. It certainly um, should be. Uh, uh, reverse shout-out. Shame shame shout-out to Yahoo Sports. They don't actually allow you to specify a point value for one-point safety. Terrible. Yes. Terrible, terrible, PM terrible. does. I've changed yeah, it every do. year to the maximum. One Yahoo of the fantasy. few things that... Football is actually pretty good overall, though. I'll give them credit for that. Um, But yeah, I think this is probably a single. Kirk Cousins is a top 10 quarterback, especially in fantasy. He has great weapons. He has one of the best wide receivers, potentially the best wide receiver in football. I don't think anybody would argue with you if you said that. But he's also not a running threat, and running is how you score points. What was he last year? That I don't know. Yeah, because then you have to go find out. I will say, I watched the first two episodes of that uh, quarterback series the other day, and my wife was like, why don't you like Kirk Cousins? He seems so nice. And I'm like, I don't have a problem with Kirk Cousins as a person. I just don't think he's the best quarterback. (laughs) He does seem like a a nice gentleman. He does. I'm trying to look this up. Um, it's not as easy to find as I thought it would be. We'll just but, cut right to it. It's not like you had it immediately. That's see. what I usually do. Here we go. I got it now. Last year, Cousins was... Seven. Yeah, oh, last year he was seventh. Tyron, I thought. Mahomes was first, then Allen, Hurts, Burrow, Geno Smith, Justin Fields, then Kirk Cousins. Wow, Geno Smith was that high. And Trevor Lawrence. He's a runner. I guess. I don't even think of him as a runner. He's a runner. Running ESPN, quarterback, score points. ESPN has Kirk Cousins as their QB 13 overall for this year. They have Tua, Dak, Daniel Jones, Deshaun Watson, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert, Justin Fields, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, and Patrick Mahomes ahead of him. I don't know, a lot of J names for quarterbacks. That's crazy. 
Oh, you listed all those off backwards. Okay. I did, yes. Patrick I was Mahomes very confused by Tua was number one. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm on the Tua train. For what it's worth, if you go by average, um, there were a couple more that were ahead of him last year. But again, Kirk Cousins' durability is one of yes. his attributes, right? Like Justin Fields probably, or Justin Fields did beat him. Um, Daniel Jones probably beats Cousins if he plays week 18. Lamar Jackson and Tua both had higher averages than Cousins, but, you know, had injuries, problems. So, But if you, if I said, I think that Kirk Cousins has a 50% chance to be a top 10 fantasy quarterback, that doesn't seem ridiculous to me. I agree. That's probably fair. I think Kirk Cousins will, I'm not writing it down or anything. I think Kirk Cousins will have more fantasy points at the end of the year than Aaron Rodgers. So whatever you think of Aaron Rodgers, I think he he did last year. Better fantasy wise. Yeah, he did last year. Packers by fifty. Dumpster fire, kind of. So yeah. So unless you disagree, Wyatt, I'm gonna say single. No, single's fine. I did half think about stealing that prediction. That's a pretty good one. I might have to use that in the coming weeks if I can't think of anything good. Do anything from Josh this week? Is he still alive? He is still alive. He is also gearing up for football season. He is going to predict that the Packers have a better record than the Rams this season. Packers better record than the Rams. Well, the Rams are not trying to win, I don't think, this season. Let me see what... uh... Uh, since I can't look at 538 anymore, since they shut down the entire sports, everything, let me look and see what uh, ESPN's Football Power Index projects. NFC North. This is a random website called sportsnod.com, which I'm sure it's very good. They have the Packers mocked at 6 and 11, and the Rams mocked at 5 and 12. The FPI has the pack finishing with 7.4 wins and the Rams with 0.2. So it seems pretty close, yeah. It's probably yeah, a single. Flip. Yeah. But I, That's fine. A single? Yeah. yeah. I will predict that the Cubs will win both of their upcoming series against the Cards and the Reds. They're a hmm. two four-game series after a two-game series against the White Sox. So they have oh, to win three. They have to win both both of those series. So three, so have, of, and they have to win three out of four in both of those series. Yeah. Yep, they have to win three out of four in both series. Oof. That's tough. That seems hard. Triple? Are they at home or on the road? I guess that might make a difference. Uh, they will be on the road for St. Louis, and then at home against the Reds. Hmm. Yeah, I'm going to say triple. That seems challenging. I'm good with triple, yeah. Three out of four twice in a row is tough. It's not like the Reds or the Cardinals are, like, good. They're not the A's. They're not bad, though. Right. But, yeah, you know, the Cubs aren't Well, the, the Cardinals either. might might be kind of bad. They're working on it, yeah. They're not great, that's for sure. Do they play the Reds or Cardinals first? The Cardinals, Cardinals first. first. Ooh, that's the that tougher order for the Cubs the other way around. Get the card, yep. get the Reds before they uh, before the trade deadline, and then get the Cardinals after after they've sold yeah, off. Yeah, that's anyway. a good point. 
Triple sounds good to me. Sure. Do anything from Kyle this week? Is he still alive? He is still alive. He's enjoying a nice vacation um, this week, but he predicts that McLaren will be third in the Drivers' Championship at the end of the season. Uh, third in the drive. So I don't know. If he the drivers, the constructors. He specifically said drivers in his message. Um, I, yeah, I don't know what that means. So I asked. Does that him, mean one ask, of them? Yeah, as for one of them finishes does he mean third. One of the, does one of the McLaren drivers finish third in the drivers, or does McLaren as a constructor finish third? McLaren as a constructor finishing third is possible that that would assume they probably beat out Ferrari, right? Um, as for the drivers, I'd have to even I have to look at the standings. I mean, Max Verstappen's number one. Absolutely. So drivers, let's look here. Max Verstappen, 281 by far. Then Sergio. And then we have Fernando. And Lando's at number eight right now at 60 points. That seems more unlikely than them as a constructor being third. Will there be more races by the time we talk next week? Um, I don't believe there's a race this weekend. Okay. I was going to say, because if there is, I would say just give a prediction for both and we'll just go with whatever Kyle says it is and we'll, we'll roll with it from there. Uh, I take it back. There is a race this weekend. I'm sorry. Um, spas. I thought spa was next weekend. No, it's this weekend. Interesting. Look at that. Wyatt doesn't even know about his own spot. I'm terrible. I was a week off. You're good. Um, I- I'll say if it's McLaren in the constructors championship, I could I could see that happening. That is that is certainly a possibility. That's probably it's unlikely. I'd say that's a triple. And then if it's the drivers, I'd say that's a home run. So we'll see what Kyle comes back with. Okay. Those are my two recommendations for for both scenarios. Sounds good. Well, with a a sing no two singles, a double, a triple, and a pending prediction, that concludes our write that down prediction segment, which means we're at the end of the episode. Thank you so much for dropping by this week's episode of the eighty three eleven cast, episode two hundred and thirty two. From now until next week's episode, be sure to check in with our social medias at eighty three eleven cast on whatever social media website you prefer to use nowadays. Whatever they're called anymore. Yeah, whatever they're called, whatever they look like. I don't even know. Signing off for the eighty three eleven cast, we have your hosts. Mike Ludwig. Ariane Barry. And Wyatt Theater. We'll talk to y'all again next week. Go Cyclones. Go Cyclones. Go Cyclones.